Your Life Rocks podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Yes, even for you. This show is designed to help working moms focus on the things that matter most in life and helping you balance all that life has for you with practical tips from one working mom to another. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, and I am so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. You guys, today is all about being encouraged and maybe even a little bit challenged. We have a very special guest today, and we are talking all about faith, namely unblinded faith, and what that looks like when you take faith from just your little corner of being a Christian into the whole rest of your life, everything else that God has created you to be. I know you're going to love this episode as we dive into this conversation with our guest, but before we get to my interview with her... I just want to welcome you if this is your first time finding the show and tell you a little bit of what we are all about. Now, of course, we believe, like I said before, that balance is possible for working moms. And the reason why we know that life balance is possible is because if you include God and you put him first, then all things are possible through him. And so we have three pillars that really help you create more balance in your life. And number one is definitely Jesus and including him into every part of your life, which is why we have our guest on today to really talk about not only how you can do that, but to really challenge you to go even deeper in your faith. Number two is having a great community. Now, there's a lot of different reasons why having a community is so important to creating more balance for yourself. Number one is because your problems seem a lot smaller when you're helping other people with theirs. Honestly, that's like the biggest reason why we have community as one of our pillars, because sometimes life can feel so crazy and so out of balance because we are so focused on everything that's going wrong or everything that's overwhelming or our huge overflowing to-do list. But really, if we're focused on other people and what we can do to serve them, our problems seem very, very small. And so that's why we have that as one of our pillars to creating balance is creating a community, being a part of a community where you're able to serve others and you're allowing other people to serve you because we can't do everything on our own. So we really need that community. And number three are the systems that support balance. Habits, systems, all of those things help you to be able to manage everything that you have on your plate. I mean, we're talking about your faith, right? Like that's a huge part of who we are. Marriage, parenting, your job, your health, your finances, your home, managing your relationships, and even having some fun along the way. That's a lot to fit in to your life. And so if you have the right systems and habits, then you certainly can be able to balance all of those things and have all of those as a priority so that your life doesn't get lopsided, right? You have all of those big rocks, which is what Your Life Rocks is talking about, in order, in priority, in your calendar, so that you're focused on growing in all of those areas of life. Now, with that said, I know that this interview with our special guest today is going to really challenge you to take your faith a little bit deeper. I was so blessed to be able to sit down and have this interview with Elisa Pullman. Now, she is a certified life coach, mentor, speaker, and author who is passionate about inspiring women to experience a fresh encounter with God and his word for the sake of impacting the next generation with kingdom hope. Now, her ministry, it's called More to Be, and it's devoted to helping women unpack the scriptures and discover how to join God in his work every day. 
Now, her and her husband, Stephen, save her life together with their four children, and you can connect with her over on moretobe.com. And she has a fantastic devotional that's coming out today. So she's going to talk about that at the very end of the episode. But really, it's based off of everything that we're talking about, of unblinded faith. And so I highly encourage you to go to Amazon, go to her website, and pick up the book today. All right, so without further ado, let's get into my interview. Alisa, I am so excited to have you on the Your Life Rocks podcast, and I know you have some great wisdom to share with us, but before we get into all of that, share with us first a little bit about who you are. Oh, I'm happy to be here. It's such a blessing. I am an ordinary woman on a journey of transformation, seeking to change legacy, change the family dynamics. I've been married to my husband, Stephen, for I think it's going to be 22 years this summer. Wow. Uh, and yeah, so we're going on 22. And I have four children. The oldest is 18 and in college. Then I have a 16 year old who's about to get her driver's license, and I'm thrilled. She's a great driver. So I'm looking forward to having another set of wheels in the house to haul the kids around. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then it'll be great, super helpful. And then the twins are, let's see, they're 12 going on 13. Yeah. So I will almost have all teenagers in the house and that boy and a girl. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. They were the bonus deal. <laughs> I, I, I begrudgingly moved into a, okay, we'll have one more. And then God gave me two. And it was a huge, huge blessing. Really kind of the bookend of, or like the starting point of where God really started to do a work on my heart and change me. So mm, isn't that amazing mm -hmm. how sometimes it's the things that we like kind of drag ourselves into where we sometimes don't even know what is going to happen, but we kind of feel like that's where we need to go. And then God just opens up amazing blessing in that moment. Oh yes. Oh yes. Mm. Don't ever tell God what you won't do because he <laughs> will make sure you will do it. <laughs> and so I've learned that lesson in my life. Yes. yes. But sometimes yes. that's where like the amazing glory of God, I think really gets displayed and we yeah. really get to experience it on such a more of a, like a magnitude than otherwise yes. would be able to experience. Yes. I absolutely believe it even more so at this point in my life than ever before is that he sets things up so that his glory can be revealed. And oftentimes that's a result of our struggle and lack because we can't take credit for it. So his power is made perfect in our weakness. So it's, mm -hmm. and I was definitely a weak link when I had those twins. And we joked that we went from man to man defense to zone. You know, I only <laughs> had two hands and I had four children. I totally changes the control freak nature that I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to deal differently. Imagine. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, what a great transition into the next question I have for you. I mean, obviously here on this show, we talk a lot about life balance and I truly believe that life balance is possible when we focus on Jesus first. And, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, as a working mom is, you know, having four kids and only two hands plus everything else, a marriage and, you know, everything else that we do that makes up our life, that balance is not something that's possible. But talk to me a little bit about your stance on balance. What does balance look like for you? Yeah. So I have a pretty big opinion on this and it comes from the perspective of being a life coach and working with women struggling to find balance. And then that combined with a personality 
kind of work type relationship assessment I do that's called the Highlands. And in the Highlands, the two top pieces of information that get fed back to us when we look at a Highlands report is something called generalist and specialist. And a generalist is somebody who has lots of plates, lots of activities, lots of people. They like to work in teams. They like to have a lot going on. And a specialist is somebody who really likes to go deep, maybe work solo, maybe do a big research project. And you fall somewhere on the continuum. So when I got my report back for the first time and saw that I was 60% generalist and 40% specialist, I felt free for the first time in my life to not have to justify why I have a lot of plates. And also came to understand that there were some key people in my life that were not made like me. And so they would say things to me like, you have too much going on. Uh, You overwhelm me. I can't keep up with you. But because they were more specialist in nature, more detailed oriented, more focused, more driven to one thing rather than many things, And if I tried to be like them, I would not be operating in my God-given wiring and be frustrated. And so what I've had to come to terms with is what is balance in terms of what is on my plate and am I stewarding that responsibility well? Mm -hmm. Uh, Rather than do I need less or more, I've thrown that out with the trash and instead I turn it into... What have you given me to do that nobody else can do, Lord? Am I taking care of that well? And if I'm not, where do I need to make adjustments so that I can do that well? I love that perspective. And I love, too, that it comes from really knowing who you are and not Mm -hmm. comparing ourselves to others because I feel like that that's where we can sometimes get trapped in balance. And I truly believe balance looks different for every single person. Yeah. But when we start to really look at like what it looks like for someone else, for one, we're not seeing the whole picture. And for two, they're a completely different person than you are. So it's going to look very different. Yes. Yes. And it manifests in so many different ways. I mean, we can learn from each other. I think that's so important. Like I can look at the blessing of the people in my life who are very detailed oriented. They don't make as many mistakes as I do. They don't have to redo what I often have to do. They're not cleaning up a mess in the wake because they're doing so much. But at the same time, I also see the benefit of me not being overwhelmed by a lot that's going on because I happen to be a mom with four children and I work full time and I run a ministry and I write books and I do all these things, which I wouldn't be able to do if God didn't make me the way he made me. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. Yeah. For sure. Working full time, doing this podcast and helping my husband with two other businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So you're in the same boat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so many of our listeners are where they have so many plates up in the air and you know, that's kind of what they're called to do and they are working within the way that God created them. And so I love that you really talk about servitude And I love so much that everything that you do is so rooted in faith. And I know that that's really what you're here to talk to us about today is kind of that unblinded faith and in really having better spiritual sight. So talk to me a little bit about why this is an area that God has called you to speak into. Oh, that's That's a big question. Yeah, it's a big question. (laughs) I hesitate because I'm in a season of life right now where I'm having to put into action what I say, I believe, (laughs) in in a new way. And I think unblinded faith, well, first off, that concept comes from a passage in 2 Corinthians where I'll just reference it briefly here. 
Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. And when I read that verse, I really felt like, God, I don't want to be blind. You have saved me. My salvation is secure in faith in Jesus Christ, who I believe died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And that is security that I will see God face to face in heaven. But how am I living every single day? Am I living with my eyes opened to the good news? Or am I living blind, not able to apply the word of God to every situation that I'm in? Mm, That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. And that passage, to me, that particular verse really identifies that there is the war between Satan and God, which we can see throughout scripture, that we know that he is the prince of darkness and Jesus is the prince of light. He is our light and is his light shining in us. And if you look at the rest of that chapter in 2 Corinthians, that's where it goes to. It goes to who is Jesus? Is his light shining in the darkness in which we're living in? And then it even continues down to verse eight, talking about the challenges that we will face, being pressed in on every side, being crushed, perplexed, despairing, hunted. I mean, these are stiff words of reality that we as women and men, if you have men listening in this world, will face. And so the idea is that unblinded faith is being honest and real about our struggles and about the God of the universe who's already overcome those for us. Mm, That's so good. That's so rich. I love that God brought you to be on my podcast today and this week. God is so amazing because this is like just opening up some areas for me, just as you're talking, God is really, really working in that. So thank you. Thank you so much. But this is what I think is so amazing, right? Because I think sometimes we get stuck as Christians in we have our Christian life and then we have the rest of our life. But really when you're talking about unblinded faith, it's really bringing faith and seeing how faith interacts in all of those other areas of our life, whether it be our work, our home life, our parenting, like all of those areas, right? Yes. Yes. We cannot compartmentalize, which is what we like to do. Yes. You know, Jesus is our Jesus is our Lord, but is he really Lord of our whole life? And he is, Sunday church is our church time and we worship in that you know three minute window of one worship song, but are we worshiping the rest of the week? as a spiritual act of worship by the way we're living. So it's everything. It's even to the point of we might sit down to read our Bible and have a quiet time, but then do we get up and actually walk away and apply what we've read or does it just stick to that moment? I think that's the tension that we live in. Mm, Yes, absolutely. And this is why I was so excited to have you on the show to talk about this because you're going to give us some practical tips on how we can really take those areas of our life that we might be blinded in faith and how we can really pull back those blinds and really be able to see and apply that faith and walking out our faith in all of those areas of our life, which is so in alignment with everything that we talk about here at Your Life Rock. So I'm super excited to learn from you today. I know our audience is going to be excited to learn from you today because this is a very practical application podcast. And, you know, sometimes when we talk about faith and application, like it seems like faith feels very emotional or intellectual versus the practical things we do. So I'm really excited for you to help us bridge those two together. So for those that are listening and they're like, yes, I want to live that way. I want to walk that out. I just don't know how. What would be Mm -hmm. that first step for them to take? 
I think there's a lot of first steps depending upon where we are in life, like what season we're in. So it's kind of looking at the step from the perspective of what's going on in my life today and beginning two part, think of like two pillars of a building holding up a porch. Both are necessary, right? You take one pillar away, that porch is going to, roof is going to fall down. So one pillar is time in the word of God. That is a non-negotiable. Like, And when I say time in the word of God, what I mean very specifically is a chapter of scripture or even just 10 verses from subheading to subheading, if that's all you have time for. But time reading the actual word of God every single day minus maybe let's take out vacations and illnesses, right? (laughs) So like the goal is it's the norm, not the exception. And to expect that reading the word of God isn't going to result in an emotional response or a life change in that one moment that we talked about this, I think before we got on about muscle memory. So the idea of you're building your spiritual muscle memory and you're building into your mind and your heart, the biblical truths that the Holy Spirit can pull out and apply for you when the time comes. That's powerful. Yeah. Like I love the idea of the muscle memory of it and even managing your expectations. That was one thing that I wrote down because I feel like sometimes when we go to be in the word, we're like, okay, this is God, you know, I'm suffering. There's going to be a moment. I know you're going to give me a verse and it's going to be like lightning strike to the Mm -hmm. heart. And sometimes that's not the case. And so I love that you go there with a different expectation. Yeah. I think we need to completely eliminate any expectation that to stop looking at scripture reading as what's God going to give me and rather look at scripture reading of how do I do this to continue to build my relationship with him? Because the word reveals who God is and how God functions. And so we really want to know his personality and his character, the way he functions, then we need to read all of the word. And so one of the ways I'm doing it in this season of my life is I have my Bible divided in five random sections, like Old Testament, Psalms, New Testament, and letters. And I will read a chapter from one section. And sometimes the next day I'll continue reading because what I just read piqued my interest. But oftentimes I'll flip to the next section and the next section. So over the course of a week, I hopefully will read five different chapters from five areas of the Bible. And I'm doing that because I want to see God tell me the story in a bigger context Mm. than just being in one part. And I know like one of my areas of weakness and spiritually speaking, theologically speaking is I don't know the old Testament as well as I know the new Testament because the new Testament is written like a set of commands and instructions that resonate with my personality. But the old Testament doesn't always have context. And so I'm not necessarily drawn to it as much. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And so that's been a recent reflection of like, I think I'm going to spend the summer really just immersed in Old Testament and go back to some of those books that I've read before that are unfamiliar to me. And, you know, let me say this for, especially for the sake of your listeners who don't know me, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I didn't come to faith until my junior year of college. And after I came to faith, I didn't start reading my Bible for another 10 years mm-hmm. because I didn't even know I knew, but I didn't know what to do or how to do it. I went to church. I went to Bible study. I went to small group, but I wasn't having a personal time reading the word. And it was really the challenge of a friend to get real with God that that lined up with another friend who gave me a devotional that I started reading the devotional instead of just 
reading the scripture in the context of the devotional, I actually started looking up the scriptures in context of the passage that it was in and started writing down those scriptures in a journal and began prayer journaling at that point too. And so all of that started to develop as a habit. Actually, it was before the twins were even born. So they're now almost 13. So this happened maybe 14, 15 years ago. And it was another five years from that habit starting that I actually began to see how God was pulling on all those scriptures I had read for about five years as I was in a time of counseling and real spiritual healing and kind of reconciling before the Lord, my anger issues and the pain of my childhood, the abuse that I endured and walking through that process of forgiveness. It was at that point, five years into scripture reading, 15 years after coming to know the Lord, that it all started to make sense to me. That's so interesting because I was very much the same way. I mean, when I was in high school, I would say I was an atheist and mostly just Mm -hmm. to get a reaction out of people. But like I literally (laughs) did not, I like, it was just not even a forethought for me. And I became a Christian when I was 19. And, you know, you hear about people who like become Christian and it's like, all of a sudden they like memorize the entire Bible and they like go on mission trips and they like, just like are on fire. And for me, it was like, yeah, I had an encounter with God and now I'm living my life differently. But like, it took me forever to start reading my Bible. And when I did, I was so confused. I was like, I don't even understand what I'm supposed to be reading, what I'm supposed to be getting out of it. And I was like addicted to reading devotionals and doing, you know, the, all of the Bible studies and stuff. But I was more interested in hearing the reflection from the author and not necessarily the scripture in the book. And then finally, someone said to me, wouldn't it be great for you to form your own opinions versus reading other people's opinions and letting God mm-hmm. speak to you versus letting them speak to you? And that's when it kind of got me that I wanted to hear from God. I wanted to hear what he had to say to me, not what someone else had to say to me. And it was yeah. that difference that made me really get into the word, but it was life changing for me mm-hmm. just as it was for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny that you should say that because I'm actually not a super fan of devotionals and that's the great irony because I have my very first devotional coming out (laughs) May, 2018 on blinded faith is the title of the devotional. And when Harvest House approached me and asked if I would write this book, I thought, Oh, I don't even really use devotionals. I haven't used them in like five or six years. So one of my prayers in, in writing this would be that there would be hunger for more of the word and less of what I had to say. And that it would, with a 90-day devotional, it would create a pattern and a formula of sorts of how to help the women who are reading this devotional develop the habit for themselves and see, oh, okay, so here's a verse that Lisa gave us. And from that verse, she asked these questions that are directly tied to this verse. Well, I can do this without her. And then you, how did she, you know, I turn the, the verse into a scripture prayer. I have a reflection question. And then I also give a context of like, go read this passage so that you see how this verse fits in context. And so my hope is kind of creating that spiritual discipline of studying the word and using the devotional as that roadmap until the women who are reading it are ready to launch on their own. Oh, what a gift. I'm so excited for this devotion to come out because I think that it's so needed to just, because it's really equipping women to be able to study the word and to know how to really dive in, roll up their sleeves and get in deep. 
Right. Right. Because if you look back probably on your life, as I look back on mine, the reason I didn't do it was because I didn't know how. Oh yeah. I wanted right? to, but it felt yeah. so overwhelming. Yes. 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 So my oh, hope is to so take good. the overwhelm out of the equation and tell Satan to take a hike. He doesn't get our time anymore. <laughs> get into the scriptures. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that is a beautiful tie-in. The number two tip that you have for us on how mm-hmm. we can really practically bring faith and sight of faith into all of the areas of our life, which is really believing God's promises, right? Yeah. I think we need to believe his promises and his commands. And so in other words, I love having scripture quotes all over the place. If I see something on a journal or a coffee mug, like I'm the first person to go buy that stuff. I love it. But our faith has got to be about more than what we like to paste on a coffee mug. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to look at the hard passages of scripture and believe them as much as we believe the verses that make us feel good. And so here's another example fresh from today. You're going to hear the pages of my Bible turn for a second. In Psalm 94, which I had given myself as an assigned reading with what I'm doing with my ministry, I sat with it this morning and I've read all of Psalm 94, which I have read multiple times. I laughed as I looked at it at what I didn't highlight in my Bible. So the opening of Psalm 94 says, O Lord, the God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, let your glorious justice shine forth. Arise, O judge of the earth. Give the proud what they deserve. Like, I looked at all that. I'm like, that doesn't sound nice. <laughs> like, no, it <laughs> I don't think a t-shirt that says, oh, God of vengeance would go over very well. Give them what they deserve. Yeah. Give them what they deserve. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit just came over me with such conviction because we're walking through a situation in which there has been an injustice that in this situation, the other party hasn't done what would be right in the eyes of God. There's been some deception and underhanded behavior. And I have been moaning and groaning about this for the last like two weeks. Like, I can't believe it. That was so wrong. I can't believe they did that. And this morning, the Lord basically put it on my heart and said, pray my word. And all of a sudden, I felt this empowerment of, oh, Lord, God of vengeance, have your way in this situation. But at the same time, I also, when I started to think about the vengeance of God and these people who are involved in this situation, I said, oh, Lord, have mercy on them. Wow. And really what this means is I have now fully yielded it to God. I don't need to. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, reading the rest of the chapter, because part of what I do with the women who participate in the ministry with me is that I am constantly saying, you need to go back to the verse in context. And so here's the verse, the key verse that we're supposed to be focused on. When your doubts fill my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. That's a feel good verse. It's so nice. So nice. But what about the parts of it that come before and after that? Joyful are those you discipline, Lord, those you teach with your instructions. So we have to take all of it, not just the pieces that we like. And we need to make a discipline of, I'm terrible at scripture memory. I really, really am. So 
what I have to do is write it down. I write it on index cards. I write it on journals. I have post-it notes everywhere. I underline in my Bible. I highlight in my Bible. I'm actually, you could hear my pages using an old-fashioned Bible Bible with a Bible cover because I want this thing beat up but preserved. And so I think that we need to make that kind of physical interaction with the word part of our life. I love that. And I love too that you talk about like the highlighting and the writing. And I think that there's so much more that we can learn and develop within ourselves when we interact with the word in multiple different ways. One of the things I started doing this year, because I always hear people talk about the promises of God and I can think of like, you know, a few of them off the top of my head, you know, the ones that we like to always think about. But I heard someone once say that there was like, I don't even remember, but it was a huge number of promises that were in the Bible. And I thought, I don't know that many. (laughs) promises. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I dedicated a green highlighter to the promises. So whenever I'm reading and I'm like, this I think is a promise of God. I feel like this is something he's promising us. So I'm highlighting it in green. So now when I just scroll through my Bible and I see green, I know like that's a promise of God and I can believe in that. But I totally too love what you say about we have to be careful about when we're reading scripture because sometimes we have like the verse of the day, right? Yes. So the verse of the day is like this little bit of a snippet. Like it maybe starts with a comma, (laughs) you know, something before that that got cut off. So maybe we should be curious and go back and investigate to see what the rest of that verse really is and, and making sure that we're getting the full context of what God is saying, not just the sound bites that make us feel good. Right. I think John 10, 10 is one of those perfect examples with the comma, because mm-hmm. the first part says the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give us life and life to the full. And so mm-hmm. we never look at both of those together. We always think one part and then the second part. No, no, no. It's a whole story, people. <laughs> <laughs> one complete sentence. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And so I think that too, you know, when we talk about all things in life, I'm a true believer in finding out the truth, bringing things into light, seeing it for what it really is. And that's really what it is that you're talking about when you're talking about this piece, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the more we understand scripture, you know, I started with kind of those two pillars. So the first pillar is scripture, scripture, scripture. But the second pillar, which I think is just as critical and important, is the state of our hearts and what is going on in the secret places that maybe the whole world doesn't see, but God sees and knows. And so what pain do we need to yield to the Lord and have him heal? What sin are we allowing to be a part of our lives and have it taken the steps to conquer it? What aches are absent that we need to, you know, are there that we need to pursue God to, to fill and meet. And so getting real about the state of our heart really can change the rest of our lives. And sometimes that requires just unplugged time alone with God and time maybe journaling or praying out loud or reflecting in some way, whatever way that God has made you to do that. But oftentimes I believe it requires fellowship with other believers who you can be accountable to. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can be one person and oftentimes counseling to deal with a pain that's so great that you don't know what to do with it on your own. So you just hide it away. And yet that fruit overflows. Uh, So 
those to me are kind of the two pillars kind of going back to the beginning. How do we live with unblinded faith? We both have to be in the word, but honest about what's tripping us up from living out the word. I love it. And that's so brilliantly ties into kind of your third tip that you have for us. Number one, being getting into God's word. Number two, really believing all, all, all of God's promises <laughs> and commands. And then I know number three is really more of the application. And I, I think that that's where it can get really hard because it's one thing to see it and to know it. It's another thing to apply it, right? It's kind of like we all know we should like be like limiting sugar or like I know <laughs> I should be drinking Diet Coke, but yet sometimes I just really want to have a Diet Coke. And so I think sometimes applying the things that we know and the things that we learn can sometimes be the hardest piece of that. So what tips do you have for us in doing that? My biggest tip is really my testimony. I mean, in that God took me from an angry, bitter, hurt, unforgiving woman who was spilling over on the people I loved. And even in my work relationships, it was coming out. It was just coming out of me <laughs> because, you know, the word says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what was stored up was seeping out. And trying to manage myself to keep me from getting hangry because I was hungry or to get enough sleep or to control my environment wasn't working. And what needed to happen was I needed to go for counseling and I needed to deal with the heart issues. And I was just talking with somebody yesterday about this and she's like, but how long did that take you? And I went back. I'm not going to go back to the details here because it's too long, but it was a five-year on and off journey. It took two years to start to see fruit. And it is definitely fruit-bearing now. Like my older children, who are 18 and 16, remember the before mommy and the after mommy. Mm -hmm. But the twins only know the after. They know the stories of the old, but they didn't experience that. And realizing that I am a normal woman, just like every single one of your listeners. I don't have any like special, like, I don't know, gifting, legacy, whatever. Like I'm just a normal broken woman who God has completely redeemed my legacy for his glory. And I stand here kind of as the first generation, not abusing my children, the first generation walking with the Lord, the first generation speaking truth and hope into the next generation. And I believe that's a call for every single one of us, that if you look at Psalm 78, God talks about telling the stories of his faithfulness to the next generation so that they may be filled with hope. And I don't think there's a generation that's ever needed more hope than this generation right now. And we, as the generation before them, are the ones called to relay that hope. That's beautiful. I love that so much. And I know for me, one time I was reading the Psalm 78 and I was just really convicted to write down the things that God has done in my life, the miracles that he's done in my life, to be able to communicate that to my kids and be able to make sure that they mm -hmm. know those stories because I know them in my heart because I know how damaged I was. I know how scared I was in those times and he came to my rescue. 
Yes. But, but my kids don't. And sometimes we forget to talk about those things because we want to share the funny stories or the, you know, remember how fun that was or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. But I think it's important too that we are talking to our kids about the things that God has done for us. And it was a great reminder for me as I was sharing the stories with my kids. There were so many of those stories that I started tearing up just remembering yes. how much God has brought me through. And it restored yeah. my faith in so many ways that you know, I, I couldn't help but just start worshiping him because it's just amazing when we can remember the things that he brought us through. And sometimes we forget about that when we get so busy with life. Yeah, absolutely. I have two thoughts to that. One is that my 18-year-old remembers and knows very well my whole life story because of the age that she was and her attentiveness to that through kind of my healing journey. My 16-year-old somehow missed major pieces of that storytelling. But my almost 13-year-olds are very interested in stories and will ask me often. And so I was riding in the car one morning and I was restating something. And my middle daughter said, what? I didn't know that happened to you. I thought only this happened. And I was like, oh no, it was both. And the twins in the back seat were like, how come you didn't know that? And it was really interesting to me how We do what you just said, like we need to tell the stories again and again. We do need to tell the stories of God's redemptive hand and faithfulness, not only for our own ears to be reminded and our hearts to be reminded of what God has done, but also because at different ages and stages, our children are going to lock into different truths of that story in the same way that when we read scripture, what didn't hit us before might hit us in a new way because of what we have now experienced in life. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's so good. I think that that's yeah. so good. And as I think too, as we grow and we start to recount those stories, like we will get different things for them than we had the first time around or the second time around or the third time around, because we are now seeing things differently. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Well, Lisa, and the other, oh yeah. Well, well, let me share this one other thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This is one of the ways that we're trying to be a family that remembers to tell the stories is I have a large vase that I got at, I don't know, Marshall's or TJ Maxx, might even been a thrift store. And I got rocks that are maybe the size of like half dollars. And I have a little jar next to it filled with rocks. And when something happens in our family where we see God's provision or faithfulness or blessing or that we've endured, we kind of put a couple words on that rock and the date and then put it in the big vase. So I that there is, love yeah. love that. Yeah, I yeah. I love that. That's so good because that's exactly what I was thinking of when we sat down with my husband. We made the list of all of the things and we made sure that we were recounting that. It was like, this is our stack of stones of remembrance yes. of what God did. And so I love the idea of having actual physical stones. That's really mm-hmm. awesome. And I think we need to do that as women who work. I think we also need to do that in some regards to our work. Like when we hear something or see God's hand move in a certain way, maybe it's an email folder in which we put that positive praise into that folder so that when we're doubting what our purpose is or our effectiveness, we can kind of go back and be reminded, hey, this wasn't for nothing. This is what God is doing in process. Mm, That's good. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Well, Lisa, I am really excited for your new devotion to come out. I know I'm going to be getting it. Where can Mm -hmm. our audience get their hands on it once it comes out? 
Sure. Unblinded Faith is available wherever books are sold. I just got word that it will be available in Sam's Club. I know Amazon has it, Barnes and Noble, CBD. And you can find out more about the book at unblindedfaith.com and travel with me and my online ministry at moretobe.com. Fantastic. Now, I know we covered a lot today, which I'm so grateful and so blessed that you are coming on the show and sharing all of this with the audience. Are there any other parting thoughts that you have for us around unblinded faith or just anything that you would like to speak to the working moms listening? Yeah, I think start where you are and ask God to show you his work so that you can join him in it while looking at God, not as just your boss assigning you with tasks, which for working women, that's a real common mentality to kind of think that way. But as your loving father who wants to be in relationship with you. And in this regard, like if your mom or dad or sister or best friend was going to say to you, hey, can we have coffee this week? You would look at your schedule and you would pick a time that would work with your schedule to go have coffee. Like that's a reasonable expectation that you're just not available the same time every day or on a moment's notice. And so I think for busy women, the biggest key to building that relationship with God is scheduling it in, in a way that is like, because this is good. This is a good thing. So I'm going to mark this off on my calendar. And maybe every week that time spent in scripture is going to happen at a different time each day, rather than trying to, I need to do it at 5am before everybody wakes up and I leave for work. Sometimes that's just not realistic. Hmm. That's a great parting tip. And again, super practical. So I love that. (laughs) Thank you so much. I wish you all the best on your book launch. And again, I'm really excited to get my hands on it myself. So I hope everyone listening, you follow Elisa and you follow her journey with her book and you get your, your hands on the book because like she said, getting into the word and really learning how to study it can really take away those blinders and allow faith to seep into every area of your life and allow God to minister and show up in every area of your life. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's such a blessing to be here and to encourage your listeners. You guys, have you ever had a conversation with someone and you're like, Lord, thank you. Like you just know that that whole conversation came from God. That's kind of how I felt when I had this interview with Elisa. So I hope that you had a similar experience. I hope that God blesses you through everything that we talked about in this episode. And I highly encourage you to go and get her devotional. I'm going to be grabbing it myself. I'm honestly looking for a new one right now. It's a new season of life. And so it's a perfect time to go and get it. Now, at the beginning of the show, we talked about our three pillars for creating more balance in your life. Number one, more Jesus. All the more reason to go and get her devotional, right? Number two is to have that community. And if you're looking for a community, if you're like, oh my gosh, I just don't even know where to find friends because life is pretty busy. Number one, we're doing an episode about that in a couple weeks. So I hope that you hit subscribe so you do not miss it. I'm going to have one of my very good friends on and we're going to talk about the importance of good Christian friendship, how to find that, what to do, how to keep it, how to maintain it, and how to fit it into your busy life. And so we're going to be talking all about that. But in the meantime... Pop on over to yourliferocks.com, click on the community button, and you'll have instant access to our free Facebook community. Of course, you can always search in Facebook too and find us, of course. 
And that third pillar, talking about systems and habits. If you are looking for systems and habits that actually work for working moms, I invite you to check out Life Balance Membership. You can start your free seven-day trial by going to lifebalancemembership.com. In fact, speaking of habits and routines and all of that good stuff, I hope you stick around for next week where we are going to be talking all about those after-work routines. Yep, how do we fit all of that goodness in to a short amount of time when we're already kind of tired. We're going to be talking about some good strategies all around that. Just to forewarn you, I'm not giving you a to-do list of things to do because everyone is different. Everyone's life is different. So you're really going to get a lot of good training and coaching on how you can implement some practices around this for you and your life, regardless of how much you tell me your life is crazy busy. We're all pretty crazy busy and we all need to manage the chaos. So check out next week's episode for that. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.